0: And it was that determined feeling of like, I don't care, I'm getting this done, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing, all I know is that, see that picture, that's what the kitchen is going to look like in the end, and nobody could tell me otherwise.
1: You're listening to Philly Who, the podcast that tells the stories of the doers, thinkers, and performers of Philadelphia. My name is Kevin Schmidlin, and today I'm talking with Lauren Nolan Sellers. Lauren is an interior designer who, in 2012, along with her partner Wendy, left her career as a teacher to start Trust the Vision Decor. Trust the Vision is an interior design service that has been named Best of Hows for years running. In this episode, you'll hear how Lauren and Wendy discovered their talent for home design when they bought a house together and remodeled it. They had a housewarming party to show their friends, and the response was overwhelming.
0: The feedback that we were getting from everybody. I mean, people were walking in and they were like, wow, did you guys hire somebody? We invited my boss and she came and she was like, I know that you're a great teacher. She was like, but this is what you should be doing. While Lauren took
1: the kind words to heart, she didn't seriously consider starting her own business. That is, until pregnancy complications threatened her and her child's life.
0: They were basically trying to save my life, trying to save the baby. There was apparently a 70% chance that either she wouldn't make it or I wouldn't make it.
1: After gaining the perspective that comes with a life-threatening experience, Lauren and Wendy decided to bet on themselves. What follows is the story of how they quickly went from being HGTV dreamers to being among the top-rated interior designers in the country.
0: I was like, Wendy, look at this. They said that the manager of the Phillies wants to work with us. Like, whatever. Wendy's like, well, what's his name? I'm like, um, Gabe Kaplar or something. I don't know. So then I call my brother. I'm like, who's Gabe Kapler? And he's like, you don't know who Gabe Kapler is?
1: When Lauren and Wendy Nolan Sellers began remodeling their home in 2010, they had no idea that they were two years away from having their own interior design company. In fact, they had no idea that they would be good at interior design at all. Lauren was a teacher, and Wendy worked at St. Christopher's Hospital for children. When the time came for them to buy a house of their own, Lauren was excited to finally have the ability to do whatever they wanted to the space. After years of watching HGTV shows, she thought she could do what they were doing by making regular homes look and feel beautiful. And she was right. But before that, well before Lauren and Wendy transformed their lives by transforming their new family home, Lauren grew up in a much bigger family, one that is actually still growing to this day.
0: I feel like everybody has their mission in life, and my mom's mission was children. And my dad, you know, I don't know if his mission was children, but he loves my mom. So that was sort of her thing. And so from the time I was two years old, my parents started bringing in foster children. And so over the years, they've had 100 plus kids go through our home. And on the way, they ended up adopting six girls. So the um, age range of my brothers and sisters are the youngest is 15, the oldest is 43. I'm the second oldest, and I'm the oldest girl. So I have two biological brothers and then six younger sisters. And um, the crazy thing is that it's not like we are a multiracial family. So whenever we go out to places, people are like, are you guys a church group? <laughs> 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 or we get lots of double takes when my white sister calls my parents mom and dad, yeah. that type of thing. So um, yeah, we're a rainbow family, but it made for a really interesting childhood and, and growth experience in I terms of that. being a kid.
1: So did you grow up in or around Philadelphia?
0: Um, so I was born in New Jersey and we were in Ewing until I was seven. And then we moved to Yardley, Pennsylvania. I went to a private boarding school. I went to the Petty School on a soccer scholarship. I say that in quotes because they don't give scholarships, but that's sort of how they found me. And so that's kind of where we started. And um, in Ewing, it was you know pretty typical, laid back, sort of everyday type thing, except for, I think something that's interesting is like my mom, we would come home and there would just be kids there. So we would always laugh because we'd be like, so is that someone's friend or is that like our new brother?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Did the whole family play soccer?
0: Pretty much. It was kind of like we became a soccer family. So it started with my brother and he, I worshipped him. Like when he was my big brother, I watched him play. And um, he was good. And I would see him score goals and I would see all the attention he got. And I was like, I want to do that. I want somebody to be like celebrating me. So I get out on the field. I'm like six years old. And um, I'd be running down the field. And I'm like, this is my moment. You know, everyone's screaming, Lauren, Lauren. I'm like, yes. And then uh, as I get to the goal, they're like, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> turn around. So I'm thinking like, <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. this is my moment. And they're like, yeah, you, you got to turn around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And go the right way. I mean, it was a moment, but maybe not the one. Exactly, but if you had seen like the joy in my heart. <laughs> but um, I finally figured that out to go the right way. And um, yeah, we all grew up playing soccer. My brothers eventually became big time wrestlers, um, but I stuck with soccer up until I went to college on a soccer scholarship. It was really, really fun. It took me all over the world, traveled, played against some of the best in the world. Some of the girls that you see now on the national team when they are like, oh, you know, that class of 99, those are the girls that I played with and against. So it's um, it's been really great. And uh, for a minute, I was like, I want to go and I want to be a professional soccer player. That was sort of like, I want to coach and I want to be in this arena forever. And that's what I thought that I would do. And then when I graduated college and there was like, they were, I think they were just coming out with professional league. And I just remember being in like a D1 setting and all that that took. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to like do something different. Okay. So
1: what would you, were there, are there any lessons or, or I guess, tools that you think you picked up from being a soccer player that oh you apply today?
0: Yeah, everything. And I think that that's like when I think about girls and, and young kids playing sports, it's like the lessons that you carry from playing, for me at least, a team sport, that's what like really, really guides me. There's so many things in my life when I'm like, I don't think I can do it or I'm not sure about this. I can always look back to like what I learned, you know, whether it was doing sprints like in the rain, whether it was doing stuff late at night to prepare, whether it was just like believing that we were going to win this game. So there's all of those things that play into it now that I didn't realize at the time that, you know, were so integral in terms of like my growth as a person. And so I want my kids, I have two kids, I want them both to be in sports for that reason. And I think when I talk to kids, it's like it's not about going professional. It's not about making tons of money. It's about the lessons that you are learning now are going to set you up long term for life. And when you can recall on that, it's like such a rich well that I can draw from. So it's like all of these things I didn't realize at the time, but it's been one of the most valuable parts of my life for sure.
1: So then when you did graduate college and Mm -hmm. decided not to go into soccer, what Mm -hmm. did you decide to do?
0: You know, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I had spent so much time like thinking that I'm gonna be a coach and I'm gonna be this and I'm gonna be that all within the soccer related element that I was like, I don't know what to do. So my mom was a teacher. She loved teaching, just oh, that was her passion. And she was like, You should be a teacher, you know? And so I didn't know what to do. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to be a teacher. That sounds good. So I went back to grad school and I went to get my master's in teaching. And so I completed the program in two years. I came out and then I did start teaching. But when I started teaching, I wasn't happy. I remember the kids were taking a test and I loved my kids, you know what I mean? I had good relationships with my coworkers and But it it wasn't my passion. I remember they were taking a test and I was walking around making sure like no one was cheating, that sort of thing. And I looked out the window and I just thought, God, there's a whole world out there and I'm missing it because I'm not doing what I'm meant to do. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And I don't know what that is, but I know that it's not teaching. But I don't know what else to do. This is what my degree's in. And I was scared to do anything else because everybody says, you go, you get your degree and then you work in that field. And I had no idea how to break out of it. But Like I'm fast forwarding now, like, you know, where I'm out of school, I've met who eventually would be my wife, and we are looking to buy our first house. And so we got married on our honeymoon or on our honeymoon slash wedding because we did it all together. I was watching HGTV, and I was like, "Oh my God! Like, what are they doing? I love this." And this was back when they did design shows and not all flipping. And I was like learning from the people who were on there. And so in my mind, I'm like, "I can like this is cool. Like, I'm gonna try some of this stuff." And so. When we were in college and when we we're in renting and when you're like, even at my parents' house, you're always adhering to someone else's rules. You can only do this with the walls. You can only do that. So my wife, when we moved in, she's like, when we get our first house, you can do whatever you want.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> blank <laughs> canvas. Yeah, it's
0: blank canvas for the whole house. So she was like, you can do whatever you want. And so at that moment, I like really lost my mind. I was like, that's it, fine. I'm doing, I started researching. I was like, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that. And I had all of these elaborate plans. Even before we bought the house, I was still like, we were looking at it, we kind of settled on it. We didn't know if we had it yet. I had really drawn out, what are my what my like first, you know, design plans at that point, but I didn't know. And I brought everything and I'm like, what do you think about this and we can do this? And she was like, kind of like, you know, shrugging her shoulders yeah, like, yeah, sure. whatever makes you happy, <laughs> honey. And so I showed our realtor. And I was like, "Look, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what our kitchen is going to look yeah. like." She's like, "Everybody says that, honey. You know,
1: right? Right? Everybody
0: says it in the beginning. We'll oh. see what you actually." Yeah, yeah. I well, mean,
1: I've been there too. It's yeah. like you know, I'm going to do this to this right away, and this, exactly. and then you move in and go through it. And exactly. You know, it's, it's the same way for five years.
0: Right. And so when she said that, of course, I lit a fire under me, yeah, like the biggest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Challenge you, accepted. Exactly. And I was just like, "Well, you're looking at the exception." So we jumped in. I had a friend who was a contractor at the time. He agreed to come help us. And um, we closed on the house, like that night we went in, celebrated, oh my gosh, our first house, jumping, whatever. And I was like, tomorrow we start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what we and did. started the next and day. we started the next wow. day, we really did. So my friend that was a contractor didn't work out. We just had different ideas about sort of what the project was gonna be. And so he left in the middle of it and we, but it, like we demoed. So it was like, we had wires hanging, like we really didn't know what we were doing. And, then, and, and so
1: at this moment, you're the person who you were partnering with to do this mm-hmm. leaves. He leaves. And you're in this house that's mm-hmm. ripped apart. Mm-hmm. What's what's going through your mind?
0: Like, what are we gonna do? You know. And I did start to like tear up a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, we just made such a mess. We don't know. And then there's this other whole part of me that it was again. It was like nobody gets all my power. You know what I mean? I'm not like he's one person. He doesn't get all my power. So we're gonna figure this out. And it was that determined feeling of like. I don't care, I'm getting this done. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is that, see that picture? That's what the kitchen's gonna look like in the end and nobody could tell me otherwise. And I don't know where that belief came from, but it was so like just ingrained in me and I just knew it, like I knew it beyond a shadow of a doubt. So one of my friends who lived next door to us, she was a project manager for like a big construction company. So we called her and I called her, I was like, her name was Serena, I called her, Serena. I was like, I don't know what to do, We, you know, this is totally messed up, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I got you. So she came over and she was like, "Oh, we can do this, this and this." And so she came in and she was such a calming, you know, and it was sort of like that belief that I wanted to believe like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this. This is going to happen." She now put like some sort of reality to it. it. Was like, "We can do this." So we went around, we literally knocked on neighbors' doors. "Do you have a saw? Do you have a this?" They were like, "You guys are crazy." don't get hurt. Don't sue us if you drop off your hand, (laughs) but here you go. (laughs) And we were like, no, we don't, but (laughs) give it to us anyway. And literally with borrowed Tools, we started renovating our house and it was friends and it was Serena and the guy's name was Mitch and it was me and Wendy. And I mean, we worked for four months every single day. And so we ended up putting in a pass through, a breakfast bar. We remodeled the kitchen, put granite in. Refinished hardwood floors. All of a sudden, we went from not knowing what we were doing to having like this house that was done.
1: And almost this tribe to help you. Yes, to help you make it happen.
0: Definitely, the support system was crazy. And like even my dad and and my mom, they were there trying to do whatever they could do. Um, my brothers and my you know my sisters, everybody was there, and we just and we got through it. So fast forward, we finished the house, and I was like, oh my gosh, this was the most exciting experience of my life. Like. This trumps everything that I've done. I'm I'm in love. That's it. I'm done. Like sort of like marrying Wendy. Like it was, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm done. This is what I want to do. But I had no idea how that was going to get parlayed into a business.
1: Yeah. So then you have this new beautiful space that you love. Mm-hmm. Did you then start showing it off? Like
0: Well, what happened is we threw a huge housewarming party. Yeah we had over a hundred people, but the house was small. The house was only like 1200 square feet. Wow. hundred yeah. people.
1: That is a party. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: What we did is we broke it up into shifts because so like my parents are pretty conservative and I am gay and I, you know, so like that doesn't always mix yeah. <laughs> with their friends and sort of how all that works out. So what we did was we were like, let's have my parents and like the family friends in the morning, then we'll do our work friends in the afternoon. And then we'll do our friends that we can get kind of crazy and and rowdy with in the evening. I love that. Yeah. So it was an all day party. It started at 10 in the morning and it went through when we sent out the invitations. It was like whoever it was, we just put their time in the invitation. And, you know, the people in the morning with the exception of like my brother, he stayed all day, but everybody else kind of, you know, milled through. But what was happening was the feedback that we were getting from everybody. I mean, people were walking in and they were like, wow, like. You know, did you guys hire somebody who did all this? And of course, you know, our tests are puffed out. Yeah, well, yeah. It was us, <laughs> you know, we did this. So then people were, you know, oh, well, I'm doing this in, in my house. Like, do you, what do you think about this? And they were starting to ask advice. And I'm like looking behind my shoulder, like, are you talking to me? They're asking me advice. Like I was happy with it, but I didn't know that, you know, the feedback from other people. And so, like I said, we invited work friends. So At the time I was still teaching and working in education. And one of, we invited my boss and she came and she was like, I know that you're a great teacher. She was like, but this is what you should be doing. Wow, and that's so the, incredible. Yeah. You must have been floored when she said that. Obviously, I remember the line. Yeah. Sometimes I tear up when I think about it. And like now that we're on this road, because I still talk to her, I'm just like like saying that statement changed my life because it was somebody who knew me as a teacher, was my boss and still was like, this is where I can tell. Like, this is where you need to be. This is what you should be doing. After that, I was kind of like, wow. But it wasn't like, so now I'm starting a yeah, business. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. you know, here's know. my resignation letter. She said, exactly. <laughs> While you're here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. No. So, um, she said that and you know, I really was like, oh my gosh, like maybe this could really be something. One of the things we did after the party, and of course our chests are puffed out and we're all happy, is we invited the reels are back.
1: Ah. Oh no way <laughs> you yes, said, Hey, come look.
0: We did. She was like, Oh, when you when I have time. And I was like, No, 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 no. Let's put something on this schedule yeah. because you were like, you're not gonna do this. And so we yeah, we invited her back over and we gave her the tour and she was floored. Yeah. So I was like, Yeah, like this could really be something and I had this in my heart. And then because I didn't know anyone, didn't know how to do anything, and it was so funny because my dad was always like own your own business. Like he would always preach it to all of us. You guys need to own your own business, have your own thing, da 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 da. And my mom was the total opposite. Get a job, get that education, and then that's going to take you where you want to go. So my brothers followed my dad in terms of they were pursuing entrepreneurial things. And I would say to my dad, Dad, if anyone's going to be a business owner in this family, it's not me. I'm going to go the route of just like getting a job. I like the security of a check. I like that I have this like steady financial piece coming in. And I was like, so talk to the boys. I'm not really interested. And um, obviously it sunk in somewhere. <laughs> how, how fun. It, you
1: know, it's that is actually a common theme in past guests. Really? That so many folks who are, you know, changing the game in different fields, they're like, the one thing I swore that I would never do is this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm doing it and I'm loving it. Yeah. So how did it progress? How did you start then? providing these services to other people was it I imagine friends and family at first
0: so I went back into hiding after that whole thing I was like oh my gosh she said I can do it and I can do it and oh my gosh I was like but I really can't do it that was so nice of her to say
1: yeah yeah but the first instinct is oh not me like oh that's that's a great thought but let's be real
0: exactly and that's what it was so I went back to teaching but in my heart it was always cooking I was always watching HGTV I was always like going to the mall I'm like that stone and that store is beautiful I don't know how they did that and so I was obsessed with it, but not obsessed enough to actually make a move. I was too scared. So what happened was at this time, I was like, well, we need a house and now we have a house and so we need a baby. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and well, so, dinner. yeah, of course, that's the, you know, the next natural step. And I'm thinking like, this is going to be so easy. Like, let's get the bassinet ready. Let's start picking out the nursery colors. I'm going to be pregnant like next month. We're going to go and we're going to just do this. So what happened was we went to the doctor and I walked in and they were like, you know, let's do an evaluation and exam like oh you have like a 10 centimeter cyst on your ovary and so before we can even start any sort of fertility with you um you're gonna need to have surgery so i went in so that's how it all started so i was just like wait what and like i wendy listened to the rest of the appointment because whenever i get shocking news i like go deaf and i didn't hear anything else that was said so um, they were like, we don't, you know, it couldn't be, but like it's 99% that it is. And it was. So it turns out, long story short, that I had stage four endometriosis. I had, it's when like cysts and things grow on your reproductive organs. So they were like, we're going to try and salvage your ovary and fallopian tube, but there's a good chance you're going to lose it. I ended up having to go in and they were like, yeah, we, we couldn't salvage it. So I'm down to one fallopian tube, one ovary, um, a dream of getting pregnant and you know, just sort of like everything is, is up in the air yeah, at this how point. Does,
1: how does your outlook change? How do you feel about this?
0: At this point, I was just like really struggling. You know, the doctors like the percentages and the statistics are really not in your favor. And they were like, but your body will just compensate. So it'll be the same as if you had, it's not like you're going to ovulate every other month. Right? It'll be sort of like <laughs> the same thing. Your body will just adjust. But they were like, you know, but with endometriosis, it's really hard to get pregnant. So I'm like, oh, like, oh my gosh. But once again, instead of being like, well, it's not gonna happen, even though I did, I mean, I had moments of that all the time. I was just like, I'm just gonna like pray. So I grew up, I told you like, in this pretty conservative Christian home. I went back to like, God, that's like what I knew, that's what I was raised with. And even the thing with like being gay and all that kind of stuff, there was like a lot of inner work that I had to do. After that surgery, after another surgery, we were gonna go to IVF, which was very expensive. And I was just like, you know what? We have this like one vial let's just go back to the doctor and let's just like see what happens. So we were literally on our way to our friend's house down in DC and I like happened to be ovulating. I'm like, why don't we just swing by the clinic <laughs> and like do this and like keep going. And that's how it went. And that was the time I got pregnant, no and medicines it and, and it, and it worked. And so I'm like, Oh my God, this is real. But then you think it was so hard to get pregnant. Right. And you're like, I'm so happy. But then it also turns to worry. Cause you're now like, what if something happens to the baby? Am I okay? Look, I've you know been shot up with medicine, even though I got pregnant on a natural cycle. Like, is everything okay? So you're constantly wondering that. So it just switches from like I'm worried about getting pregnant, and I'm worried about like carrying to term. So I'm. This is all going somewhere. I promise you.
1: Yeah. No. No. That's great.
0: <laughs> so I go through about week ten. I'm going up. I'm still teaching. I'm going up to my classroom, carrying stuff up. It was like a Friday, and the kids like it was like a prize day for them. So I had prizes, and it was heavy. And I carried some stuff up the stairs and I got to the stairs and I felt like really woozy. And I'm like, what's going on? I feel woozy. And I told just a few close coworkers really early on, like, Hey guys. And so, um, I went into my classroom and I started to shake uncontrollably. One of my coworkers came in and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. It feels really strange. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm getting the principal and we're going to call an ambulance. So they took me, I'm calling Wendy on the way. Wendy leaves her at work. She comes to meet me. Um, and they're like, everything's fine. We don't really know why you're shaking. So we're going to send you to this. 17 doctors later, nobody could figure it out. But when I would do it, it was like I would get really tired. I would shake. And then I couldn't do anything. I would just like lay there. So I couldn't work. So I had to go out on disability.
1: And you didn't know why?
0: Never found out. Never found out. People thought I was faking. Like, I'm like, how? who fakes this? You know what I mean? Like, this is so random
1: when when this would happen mm-hmm. you would just your body would just start to shake it would
0: just start to shake wow. like i'm sitting here with you right now it would just start yeah and the whole thing and yeah, my yeah. head would just go and i couldn't control it and i couldn't stop and,
1: but you were just completely coherent and aware and i'm just
0: like i don't know why and that's i would just so be really strange. tired that was the only thing and that's what they said they're like pregnancy does strange things and we don't know everything that's sort of like how they left in. like we don't think it's gonna kill you right um we don't think it's gonna hurt the baby it sucks but you're just gonna have to ride it out and that's what i did so i was on the couch from week 10 to week 36. At that point, I found out kind of like who my real friends were. Cause that was on a lot of people. Cause I was social and out and doing yeah. things. But when, you know, I had to sort of step back from life, a lot of people just went on with life, which I'm not mad at them, I don't blame them, but the people who really were in my corner were coming and checking on me and around and all that sort of thing. And so I, my whole thing still was just like, I just want the baby to be safe. So long story short, I get to that final day. Like I'm ready to, you know, I'm, I'm full term. Well, almost full term, one day from full term. Yeah. I go for my 36 week checkup. Um, and as it gets closer, you go more often and more often and more often. So I walk in and they're like, and like before this, I had been like swollen and, but I still thought it was kind of like normal pregnancy stuff. And so I went into the doctor and they were like, yeah, there's protein in your urine. This is a sign of preeclampsia. So when I was home watching TV for a million hours a day, cause I was by myself and shaking, I would watch all these pregnancy shows and I saw all the different complications that can happen. I'm like, well, the one thing I don't want is preeclampsia because that sounds really bad. It results in high blood pressure, but I guess it's when like the vessels are not pumping enough blood through fast enough. So the pressure builds up and then it's really extremely dangerous. Like it causes strokes, it causes death and all that sort of thing. So preeclampsia can lead to like a multitude of other things. And one of the most dangerous is you can start to go into multi-system organ failure. In that case, you can die and the baby can die. This
1: is an incredibly dangerous condition. Incredibly dangerous.
0: Wow. I ended up going into kidney failure during all of this process. And they were basically trying to save my life, trying to save Cameron's life, the baby. Um, there was apparently a 70, 70% chance that either she wouldn't make it or I wouldn't make it. And we both made it. So we were in wow. that 30% wow. that made it. Managed to survive that. And was out on disability, enjoying Cameron, enjoying motherhood, trying to adjust to the surgeries, ended up having an emergency C-section. Then it came time to, like, go back to work. And that was where it was like, okay, you almost just died. You have this miracle child with one ovary and one fallopian tube. You have all of these things that are just, like, said it's impossible. So right now, are you going to go back to your job where you know you're not happy, but they're nice to you? Or are you going to follow your freaking dream? It's like, it's time to put up or shut up. So it was a very clear fork in the road where it's like, what are you going to do? I turned to Wendy and I was like, can we really do this? And Wendy's like the most supportive partner in the world. And she was like, like, let's, yeah, let's do this. Let's give this give a, shot. a shot. Right? Exactly. She's my like, goodness. let's give this a After shot. After all
1: this, you have to.
0: Yep. So sitting in the dining room table, that's where Trust Division Decor was born. I called my boss and I was like, yeah, please don't hold my position. Like, I'm not coming back. And I hung up the phone and I was like, what did I just do? (laughs) Like, what did we just do? Oh my God, we're gonna be home. Like it just went, we're gonna be homeless. They're gonna take Cameron away from us. We're gonna put her in foster care. Like everything just went, you know what I mean? My mind went a million miles an hour of like, how are we gonna do this? So, but once again, like Wendy was there, I have a brother, both of my brothers are entrepreneurial in spirit. My dad, you know, they were all like, "Like, you're you're gonna do this, let's, all right, you know, let's figure it out. And um, I'd be bouncing ideas off of them. And so we just jumped in. So, my thought with creating the business was like, what is the easiest way from A to B?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What would this look like if it were easy?
0: Exactly. And um, he was like, I don't know anyone in the industry. I don't have any connections. You know, I have no idea, like, really, what I'm doing. But I'm going to do something. And that's what I learned. It's like even when you don't want to, what you're doing, you have to act. Do so. And if you find out that you made a mistake then you can always go back and correct it. But it's like at least you're getting, you're going to get there faster because you're going to find out either, whoa, this is not, you know, and I got to regroup or this is right and this is the direction I should keep going. So yeah, I mean, I sat down at the dining room table my brother was like, there's a book called The Business Plan of the Day. I thought I needed a business plan. He's like, so sit down and, you know, you can start doing this. So I'm reading all this stuff, never taken a business class in my life. So everything that they're talking about, they're like, you know, what are your numbers? Like, what's your marketing budget? I'm like, a marketing budget?
1: You must be thinking, (laughs) I don't know any of this. Anything. I just want to design.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I just, and I was just like, this part, like, I don't like this part because like you said, I just want to design, but I'm just like, this isn't necessary. So it was all about, okay, well, how can we create it? How can we create, you know, systems or things that are going to like work and make it easy for me? And I was really like a selfish way of looking at it, but also too, I was kind of like, you know. Let me put myself in like a client role, what did I like? So when Wendy and I got married, we went down to Key West and we went on this boating tour. And it was out in the ocean and they were, it was like a package deal. It was like, um, you go in and it was like eight o'clock in the morning, you catch the boat, you get to go snorkeling, you get to go jet skiing, breakfast, lunch, and yeah. like unlimited champagne. So I'm like, wow, you get all that in a package? Like that's awesome, one flat price? So that's where I found our pricing structure for the business wow yeah i thought back to that because i enjoyed it and it was so it was like a lot of value i felt it was fun and it was easy we knew what we were paying and i was like well i was like wendy what if we just did like packages like that sort of like levels of service yeah and so that's where sort of our systems came from but it was all like what did i really enjoy when i was kind of the consumer and let me kind of put that into how the business is going to work and there were tons of mistakes along the way i mean that was sort of like that was just one example um, but then there was a million other things like, well, what about returns and what about this? And it was all things where it was like we'd get in the middle of the project and be like, hmm, we never thought this part yeah, through. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do we do now?
1: You have it, yeah. What, what's an example of one of those things?
0: Returns. This is a perfect example. So we did not have a return policy in place. So when you're going out and you're shopping for clients, one of the things that, you know, they like to do or they might see, they might say like, oh, I thought I was going to like that lamp, but actually I don't. Or I thought I was going to like that couch, but actually I changed my mind and I want this one instead. So I, because there was no recourse and I was like, oh, okay, well, I have to go change it. So then I'm running back to the store. Hey, my client now wants this and the client now wants that. And I'm going and going and I'm going, this is not working for me. You know what I mean? So I'm like, we have to put some kind of policy in place that's going to guard against them doing this. And so we did. We just were like, okay, you know, you can have up to an edit of like one or two items, you know, and, and it fluctuated depending but we were just like one or two items. And then after that, we're going to charge you an hourly rate. So you get all of this in the package. But if you go outside of this, and this is like multiple returns after I showed you what's going to be in the project and you're changing it, then, you know, there's going to be, you're going to have to pay for that. So it made people think twice. And lots of times they were like, you know what, I can live hey, on second thought. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly.
1: So talk about the transition. So was it gradual that you went from sort of zero, that moment at the dining room table, to doing full rooms and full designs, or was it like sort of a build up type thing?
0: So like- yeah, it was definitely a build up, but it was like we hit the ground running in terms of like we made our little packages and we were ready to go. We're like oh my god, we have a business, like we're done, that's it. And so they were like, well, what about being incorporated in an LLC? And we're like, well, we'll get to that stuff. And my brother's like, well, you know, I just bought this brand new apartment. Do you want to come in and like? do it for me. And maybe this can be part of your portfolio type thing. And so at that point, I didn't even care about a portfolio. I was just loved it so much. And I was just like, yeah, okay. So we ran and we jumped in, we jumped in and we started working. We did his apartment in three days, the entire apartment on a $600 budget. So, I mean, we were like, I was trash picking. I went to pallets. I had Cameron in the car seat and I would have like pallets in the back of the store. I'd be like, are you guys using those pallets at back type thing? No, go ahead and take them. And then we would like stay in the palace. We made a wood wall. We got a couch off Craigslist for $25. We painted it. We did all of this stuff. Wow. Yeah. And so I was like to my brother, I was like, find somewhere to stay. Because like when you come in, your socks are going to be blown off. You know, like yeah. this is going to be the HGTV thing.
1: <laughs> the reveal. Yeah,
0: exactly. The reveal. And so we finished it. And so when he came in, he was just like he was blown away. I mean, we every there was like my whole family. And then there was a few friends and everybody was like, oh, my god and so at that point i was like all right like this is legit like we are doing this wendy started telling people at the hospital oh we launched our business you know we're legitimate and then the guy's name was jesse jesse was like oh yeah they did my dressing room well that parlayed into the doctors oh can you come take a look at my space then i was like we should advertise on craigslist because i didn't know it. you know what i mean yeah, I'm like sure. it's free Let, like, let's just do it on craigslist and at this point too i'd enrolled in the interior design institute which is an online course All about interior design, interior decorating. I was like, if I'm going to be serious, like I need to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I did all of that. Meanwhile, like I said, Cameron is at home, and you know we're trying to figure out what to charge and all of that kind of stuff. And so it just morphed into like people from Craigslist responded, and everyone's like, oh, you know, people on Craigslist are looking for a deal. They are. But we also then ran into a CFO of a company, and he was like, well, I need you to do my sunroom, and they totally didn't trust us. Like I don't blame them at this point because we were so new, but they were like, you know. If you do a good job, you know, we might have some other rooms. So they just bought a house. So we did a good job, impressed them. We ended up then doing the whole first floor of their house. Oh, man. He had an office. They had just bought a new office building. He's like, I want you to come in and do my whole office. Um, the doctors, we knew them. Like, they, these were the first people that we had no relationship with. I met him at a networking thing and he was like, come on in. I'm like, oh, my God, we are so big time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But I, I was so it- scared to death because I really didn't know. His wife was not happy. She thought their living room was fine. So when we came in, she was not very receptive. But at that time, I'd been pouring, in addition to pouring into like decorating in the course, I'd also started professional development. So one of the things that my younger brother was very into was, I mean, personal development. So he was like, you need to read, you need to be listening to podcasts, you need to be, you know, you need to start building up your mindset. And at first I thought that was a lot of like hooey, like, yeah, yeah. whatever.
1: Self-help book, exactly.
0: On. Mm. Yeah. But as I started listening, like, this stuff is legit. And like, yeah, I need it. And so at the time I started, I was reading How to Win Friends and Influence People. And so they were talking about just building relationships. And I was like, well, this is a perfect exa- like chance to see if this book really works. I was like, I'm going to make this lady like me. I'm going to make her like love our designs. I'm going to make her like me. Long story short, she did. She had surgery in the middle of it. So she was home. So we would just sit and talk while the contractors were working. And, it actually ended up being a really positive experience. But in terms of like the actual building of the room, I, at this point we had done all the work ourselves. So it was all like just light stuff, like painting and then putting a, you know, decor pieces and picking out furniture. But they were like, we want new hardwood floors. You know, we want recessed lighting. We want to retile our fireplace. And they were like, and we also, we want to use like really high end stuff. At this point we'd been, like I told you, we got the couch off Craigslist. right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course to them, I'm like, no, of no course. problem. Yeah. We've got you covered.
1: It's a Tuesday.
0: Exactly. No big deal. Meanwhile, I like run home. I'm like, Wendy, what are we going to do? They want this, this, this. So it was just like, okay, I got on Craigslist once again. I found this guy who did hardwood flooring and then I started to do some research and it turns out he did really good work. So he came in and did the floors. I found this one guy um, and, you know, we were like, we just asked, we're like, are you licensed and insured? We wanted to make sure that yeah, so we yeah, were bringing them legit. in. And he was English. And he's like, yeah, I've got you. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> so he comes in and he does all of the the labor in terms of like the tiling and the painting and all that kind of stuff. And then there was another guy that we worked with and he was an electrician, but he worked for a big company. So he didn't have an independent license. And so I was just like, OK, like, but he did work on our house and I knew him and he's a really good guy and he knew what he was doing. He's like, yeah, I'll help you out. But I went to the client first and I was like, look, here's the deal. And I was just honest and upfront with them. I was like, he does good work. We trust him. They're like, do you trust him? I'm like, I trust him. I think he's going to do good. And I was like, but <laughs> I want you to sign this right here <laughs> just in case anything happens. It's right. not our fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you upfront what the deal is. And so they signed it. They were fine with it. He came in. He did the recess lighting. Um, and long story short, that project took a really long time because they wanted a lot of high-end custom pieces um we got it done and they love the room.
1: So has there been a time where you've seen an impact of your work that's more than aesthetics?
0: Oh yeah, client? for sure. So on one project we did, we were doing a master bedroom and the client came in and she was just kind of like, "Yeah, um, you know, I w- we're we're working on this. My husband thinks he's a designer. It's he doesn't really know what he's doing. All we do is fight. You know, we're not connecting in here. I hate the way the room looks, blah blah blah. We want you to just come in and just like take over." And we trust you. At this point, we'd had a little bit of credibility. They'd seen some of our work and we we trust you. We want you to just come in and do it. So we did it. Fast forward to the end of the project, uh, you know, as we're hugging and saying goodbye, yeah, I just want you to know that you were instrumental in repairing my marriage. And I'm like, whoa, like that's quite a statement. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, it went from being a space that we constantly fought about, that we weren't connecting in, that we didn't, you know, we didn't see ourselves reflected in. We were fighting about whose style and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, to a place where it's tranquil, we can connect, we can talk, we see ourselves reflected, it's us, it's this balance that we didn't have before. And she's like, I didn't anticipate it you know, having this big of an effect on our lives, but it really has.
1: How did you feel when she was telling you that?
0: I thought at that point, in the moment, I was just of course like, wow, thank yeah, you, yeah. that's great. But then as I thought about it more, I'm like, you know, as a decorator and a designer, that's the true value that we offer to the world. It's not just about I can make a room look pretty. You know, it's about I can create a space that you're no longer ashamed of so that you feel comfortable hosting the next holiday dinner and you can see the ant you haven't seen in 15 years. You know what I mean? I'm the person who's gonna give you an office space where you felt so cluttered and so overwhelmed you didn't know what to do and now you can get your creative juices flowing and you're gonna open up opportunities for yourself and you're gonna get inspiration because you now have the space that is conducive to what you want. And I've had those kinds of calls throughout the years and I feel like when you own that, because people are always nervous about what do I charge and how does this work and they're not gonna pay me for that. But when you walk around with the knowledge of like, no, that's what I'm really giving you. I'm giving you a pretty room, but there's all of these other things that are gonna come from that, then you can be really confident in you know, figuring out what to charge, but just owning that as your truth. And it's like, maybe you don't realize it, but I know. And at the end, when you're in your home or when you're in that space and you have that feeling, you will get it too.
1: Yeah. So you, if I read correctly, Trust the Vision has also, or at least you and Wendy have also sort of created a, an online community around, around design. Is that right? So it's the Aspiring Designers Academy? Yes. So Where did the inspiration come from that? So clearly you're drawing upon your education roots, right? Right. So is it you looking to just share this with other people and sharing that, I I know that I like this, but I don't know what to do sort of.
0: When that business plan in a day book, they were sort of like, where do you see your company in five years? You know, what's your five-year plan? And I always knew I wanted to find a way to give back because I'm just like, when I was out there looking, I couldn't find anything, you know, much like we talked about before, I couldn't find anything that was like, specific to interior decorating or interior design that taught you how to build a business. I'm like, I know that I'm not the only one who's like obsessing about design, who's watching, you know what I mean? Scandal, but like looking at what Olivia's apartment looks like. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I know that I'm not the only person. And so I'm just like, I didn't have any connections. I didn't, But like, this is the way I built my business. And like I said, I was always like, what's the easiest way from point A to point B? And can you do this? And so once we got our systems all figured out, And that just was, again, a process of like, well, let's not do that again because that sucked. Let's change this or let's change that. And once we got it down pat and it was like producing consistent results, we were getting more clients. We were getting the caliber of clients we liked and the systems were working and we could use them for anybody. And so at that point, I was just like, well, now that we have systems that are in place that are working and that are producing consistent results we can like formulate this into something and share it with other people. And so that's kind of where the academy was drawn. So it was always in the back of my mind, but I was like, I gotta get my own crap together first before I can start teaching other people. But I wanna be able to share you know, what we're doing and will it work for everyone? No. Will everyone you know, adhere to what we say? No, but I'm like, if you're looking for a way and you don't have any connections and you're brand new, here's what you can do to start from the bottom up to build a business and so like when i first started i was like if i can be like if my business can be like half as successful as like my soccer career i'll be happy because soccer took me really far like people would be like oh like what's your like pie in the sky dream like i don't know maybe to like be on tv or like walk into a a store and like see my work in a magazine and like that stuff is happening you know what i mean from the dining room table to that that's what's happening now and i'm like so it's very much like if i can do it you can do it
1: you know? must be so excited to keep pushing this and to see how far it can go.
0: Ex- I mean, the, it's like the sky's the limit, right. you know? And the more <laughs> the more personal work I do on myself in terms of mindset and things like that, and some of the mentorship and, you know, looking at investment differently and seeing like before I was afraid of investment, like, oh, I don't, we shouldn't spend money on that to the point it's like, oh my God, I get to pour this knowledge from this person who's this successful into myself. Yeah, Like that's a privilege. And to be able to, to surround myself with people who now think in that same way, it's life-changing.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and I love to hear that you're sharing what you've learned. I think that's probably the, the best thing you could possibly do when finding success like this is to, you know, help others who are in the same situation. I read that you recently worked with the manager of the Phillies. Yes. <laughs> Gabe Kapler. Yes. So how did that come to be? Like, how did you find out that he was interested in your services?
0: Sure. So this was another crazy story. It's like this time last year, Fast forward to like, we've got Cameron, she's all grown up, blah, blah, blah. We realized how crazy the fertility thing was with me. So we started right again with Wendy. We're, we're not gonna waste time. Cameron is like 18 months old. We're gonna do this. Fast forward, we've been off and on the fertility train with Wendy for like six years. Wow. She finally gets pregnant. We're like, yay, oh my gosh, this is gonna complete our family. And it's December and I get this message on House.com. House is the biggest interior design network in the world. So I get this message. Hi, I'm I'm Gabe Kaplan's business manager. We're interested in your services. He's coming to Philly. Would you be interested in like designing his space? I didn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, someone is spamming us. Da, da da da. I was like, Wendy, look at this. They said that they want like the manager of the Phillies wants to work with us. Like whatever. Wendy's like, well, what's his name? I'm like, um, Gabe Kaplan or something. She's like, well, just write back, just yeah. in case it's true. So I write back to her and she's like, okay, good. And she starts like, I'm like, wait, this might be real. So I told I'm like, Wendy, this might be real. Like she's writing back and she's like giving us addresses and, and stuff. And Wendy's like, wait, what? And I'm like, I don't know. So then I call my brother. I'm like, who's Gabe Kapler? And he's like, you don't know who Gabe Kapler is? And I'm like, oh my God, that means he's big. <laughs> yeah, he's like a huge baseball player. I'm like, so I should be really excited about this. He's like, you should be floored. And I'm like, What? Oh, my God. So, of course, Wendy and I are doing a happy dance, but she's, like, nine months pregnant. Right. So, she's talking to me, like, okay, well, like, let's move forward, blah, blah, blah. So, I'm trying to write and impress her on these things and, like, lay everything out in a way. And so, at some point, she was like, yeah, we're not going to even look at any other designers. We want to work with you guys. So, I'm like, oh, my
1: God. Must have been on cloud nine.
0: I was on cloud nine, but I was still kind of, like, I still didn't really know, like, who he was. I was still, like, whatever. Wendy was pregnant. And I'm so, in my mind, I'm like, this is amazing But how are we going to pull this off? And that's the whole thing. Like I said before, like you just take chances. Just got to go for it. Exactly. So as we're talking to people and we're like, you know, and I'm telling them, they're like, oh, you'll probably never meet him anyway, because he's got this and that. And you're just going to work with the staff and like, don't be intimidated. It's going to be fine. Long story short, we go out to like see the space and they're like getting ready to move in. We knock on the door. And so me and Wendy, I'm just like, they said he's never going to be here. Well, who comes walking down the stairs? No way. Yeah opens the door and he's like, hi, I'm Gabe Kaffler. And it's just like, you know what, someone's just like dripping with class. So we're looking, we're like, you know, reaching out our hand, hello, that type (laughs) of thing. But exactly, (laughs) so he like turns around, he's like bounding up the stairs, we're following him. And then my mind, I'm like, Lauren, like, this is it. You know what I mean? Put your money where your mouth is. You said, you've got these systems. You're talking to other people about them. Like now it's time to like put up or shut up again. One of those moments. It was like, be yourself, like own your truth and like walk into this and like, let's do this. So I'm like giving myself this pep talk, which again came from like sports and all that on the way up the stairs behind him. So he turned around and he's like giving us a tour of the space and I just fell into it. I fell into that love. I fell into that mode where I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, and I just started talking with confidence about like what I would do and what I would change and what questions did he have and how is this going to function for him and what were his needs and all that kind of stuff. And we just vibed. I mean, we just hit it off. He's an amazing man. And he's like, my goal is like, I would love to have this done before I leave for spring training. The end of February, I'm leaving, but I would love to like be done before then. Remember, Wendy's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: And so this is the beginning of January.
0: When we first went in, I think it was like December 17th or something, but we had so Christmas and all at the that holidays. Point, it's
1: kind of any day now.
0: Right. Exactly. And um, again, it was just like like we went home. We're like, we can't say no. Like we, this is the biggest opportunity that we've had thus far. Exactly. So we said yes, and I really took on the lion's share of like the term in terms of being in person. Yeah. And there, and then Wendy did a lot of stuff on the back end at home, and we just told him up front. We were like, yeah, like obviously you can see, you know, she's about to give birth any day. We're partners. Like we just did the whole night, and we just were like really upfront with him. He's like, that's fine. Um, I was like, but we're like, I talk with calmly. We're gonna get it done. Yeah, yeah, like if I have to be here all night, we're gonna get it done, and whatever's necessary. And that's how I serve all my clients. Yeah. I feel like if I don't know the answer, I'm gonna tell you, but I'm not gonna leave it at that. Right. And if there's something that needs to be done, or you know, something that needs to be fixed, if I have to like get down and and on my hands and knees and do it, or if I have to like call or whatever, that's the attitude that I brought to that project, and yeah. that's the attitude that I bring to every project, and that's the attitude that I try to bring with this, you know, the students who enroll in our course. Right. So anyway. Long story short, we're ordering. We're going back and forth. We're getting stuff together, and I did ask him, like, can you send me a couple of, of pictures of like what your style is? And I got two pictures because he was busy. His business manager sent it. I'm like, okay, this is what I have to go off of for yeah, this whole yeah. huge condo. But we did it, and like I did it like just in a in a day. Like I was just obsessed. So like I did it like in a day. I came and and like so when we came back to like go through his stuff with him, I had I was like I've just been taking some notes and like here's a few ideas that I'm throwing out. He's like I love it, I love it.
1: That must have been so great. It was really, it was. When he said that. like, Yeah.
0: He's like, I think you get me. I think you understand me. He was like, so go ahead and do your thing. So we did. We jumped in full-fledged. Long story short, in the middle of the project, Wendy did go into labor. Wow. Complications, just like me. She ended up suffering from a uterine hemorrhage. She lost half of her blood volume, needed blood transfusions to save her life. The baby Caleb ended up being fine, but it was a long recovery from her, for her. So with that being said, we were still, we still owed Gabe. Like we still, you know, had obligations to our clients at that point. And so we had a great contractor who came in and him and his team, they were amazing. His name is Brian Grubb. Um, and they were amazing. They really, really were. Him and his guys worked tirelessly to get everything done. And we met the deadline. So before he left for spring training, we were able to reveal to him all of the spaces that we that we did. yeah. And he was so How happy. How did he react? He's like, just like breathtaking. I love it. I'm so happy.
1: Wow. If you could send a message to yourself in the past, butterfly effect aside, mm-hmm. what would you say and, and when would you send it?
0: I think I would have sent it probably back when I was in high school. Okay. And I would have said to myself, you already have everything you need to be successful, but you need to like, you need to go for it. Like you need to understand that what you have inside you is enough. You're going to have to work and I'm not saying it's complete, but like those base foundations are there and everything that you're going through in life is preparing you for something more. And if you believe that, because it's all true, if you believe that, that fear factor is going to, is going to go away. And so I look back, there's so many things that have connected. Like I used to get interviewed all the time. I didn't know why, you know, with soccer, that's preparing me for things like this. I didn't know at the time, but it's like everything happens for a reason. And so that's what I would say, like you have, you have access, don't waste it. Don't waste time fooling around, get out and do it.
1: Finally, if you could send one message to every Philadelphian, be it a tweet, email, billboard, plane in the sky, whatever, one message that every Philadelphian could ponder, what would you say?
0: I would say you were put on this earth for a reason you were when you look at the statistics you are put here for a reason share your gifts with the world that's what we're here for to share our gifts whether it's and i'm not saying you have to have a, your own business but if you can sing go join a choir you know what i mean if you are good with people go to a nursing home but like we're here to affect change in other people's lives and so to me i would say you've got a gift you've got a mission you don't have to play on the biggest station in the world but give it away that's what's here for give it away
1: For more on Lauren Nolan Sellers and Trust the Vision Decor, you can head to podphillywho.com forward slash TTV for Trust the Vision, TTV. Or you can just check out the show notes. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tell a couple friends who you think might like it as well. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a rating. You can also follow along on Twitter and Instagram at podphillywho. We'd love to hear from you. Philly Who is a Q9 production. This episode was produced by myself and Angela Gervasi, with editing by Max Graham, original music by Lee Rosevere, and artwork by Lauren Carhart. For Philly Who, my name is Kevin Schmidlin. Thanks so much.